Hey, this is Jason Hubbard, and I, along with my wife, are the lead pastors of One Life Church in Nampa, Idaho. Thanks so much for checking out our podcast. We hope that it encourages you and motivates you to live for Christ. Enjoy this message. Who has been enjoying this series in Romans? If you've gotten anything out of this, let me know. Yeah, it has been so good. And truly, I believe this is a foundational a series for our church. I believe God wants to, do, to lay some groundwork for where he wants to take us. And it's gonna take this book of Romans to kind of ponder it and get through it and think on it and let him refine some of our theology and our doctrine. And those are just like our core beliefs. What do we actually believe about the word of God? And what do we actually believe about Jesus and the power of the cross in our lives. And so it's really foundational that we do this. And I just think it's so cool what God is doing. I think uh, what's awesome too is that it all seems to be about faith recently. Anybody else notice that? Or is it just me? Uh, If you went to women's retreat, I preached on faith. I had no concept. I knew that Romans had a bunch of stuff about faith, but I really had no concept of where God was gonna take our church. And I, I, you know, at women's retreat, I preached on faith and then I came back and Jason preached almost the same sermon. And I was like, oh, you stole my notes. I'm just kidding. He didn't. Um, we, we have a lot of the same thoughts. And God actually, I believe, is the one that designed that because it wasn't just a word for the women at the women's retreat, but it was a word for our house, for our church as a whole. And so uh, what's been cool is to see that, that God is, is deepening our faith. And I believe that what he's doing in this season in our church is he wants to deepen our faith. He wants us to build an unshakable faith, a faith that can't be rocked by the winds and storms of life, but is absolutely rooted in Jesus Christ, that he truly becomes the anchor to the soul. He's not just some God that we come on Sunday and worship, but throughout the week, we anchor ourselves in who he is and what he's done and the love that he has for us and the love he wants to pour out on us. Because, you know, this season that we're going into is going to require unshakable faith. I believe God wants to pour out his spirit in a fresh way on our church, but also churches throughout the valley and across the world. And it's gonna require some faith that can't be shaken. So as we dive in, I just think it's a great day to be here and I'm gonna pray and invite the Holy Spirit to speak through me because I don't want these to just be my words that I get up here and I just give some chat about what I can get out of the Bible. I actually want there to be an impartation of the Holy Spirit into your life because I believe that that has shaping power, changing power. It's not my words, it's his word. It's his word that changes us and it makes us new and it gives us new life and fresh vision and it lifts up our eyes off the circumstances and we begin to have hope again. We begin to believe for the good things of life that our life, we're not just in this silo thing all alone. We actually have a God who loves us so much that he would give us his presence in the middle of a storm. When we begin to walk through, he begins to pour out his spirit on us and say, I am with you. You don't need to fear the storm. I am with you. I am right beside you. I am putting my Holy Spirit on you with life and fresh vision. And I'm going to lift up your eyes to look at me. So I'm going to (laughs) pray. Jesus, I thank you so much. I thank you so much that you came to earth and you died on the cross for us so that we could be free, so that we could be sinless, 
so that before you we could stand without judgment. There is no condemnation in you. Your grace is sufficient for each one of us. It is enough, and I praise you for that. Let your Holy Spirit come and speak through me. I pray that you would empower me by the Holy Spirit to share the word that you want to speak today, that I would be a vessel and a mouthpiece, and that you would be the one doing the work in the hearts of your people. I pray that you would change us, including me, shift us, encourage us, lift us up, build our faith today. I praise you for the glorious work that you do, that you are taking us from faith to faith, that you are building us, that you are making us into the image of your son. I thank you for each person in this church. I thank you that you have called them by name, that you have written their name in the book of life. And I pray that you would come and do a mighty work in their lives. Help us not to just come and play church today, but help us to be a people who are hungry and excited about you and your word. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. 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 God is good. So we are in Romans 5, if you didn't know. Um, We've been kind of tracking through last week. Jason talked about Romans 4 and Abraham's faith and how he is truly the father of the faith. He didn't uh, be, he wasn't counted as righteous because he was so wonderful and good and did all the right things. He was counted as righteous because of his faith. We are also counted as righteous because of our faith. And so we're going to move on to Romans 5. And uh, I'm not as quick at getting through these verses as my husband. So I'm only doing five verses today. I also was cheated on time because of the um, encounter youth. So I'm just going to mention that ahead of time. If I end on time, I'm doing like super awesome. Um, (laughs) I'm going to read Romans 5. It says, Therefore, since we have been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Through him, we have also obtained access by faith into this grace in which we stand. And we rejoice in hope of the glory of God. Not only that, but we rejoice in our sufferings, knowing that suffering produces endurance and endurance produces character and character produces hope. And hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. God's word is so good. I think we could all be encouraged just by reading those verses, right? I was encouraged uh, just reading them, but I want to break it down a little bit. What does this text actually tell us? What does it actually say to us? And what reality can we begin to walk in? Because I think sometimes when we read the Bible, we're like, oh, that's so good. And then we like close it and we walk away. And And it's hard to understand what is God actually telling me when I read these verses? When I read, therefore, since we have been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. What does that mean for me? And what it means is we are in a state of peace with God. When we are walking, when we believe, when we have faith in him and the power of the cross, we're at peace with God. 
And, and I know that can get lost on us if we hear it all the time. I was actually, we were talking to somebody last night and it's like, this can get lost sometimes. But, but we're at peace with the God of the universe, the one who created everything, the one who created the stars in the sky and the one who hung the moon and the one who created all the land that we live on and the one who created the very life in us, we're at peace with him. Even in the middle of craziness, we are at peace with him. And just as Abraham's faith brought him righteousness and great blessing, those who have faith also receive righteousness and great blessing. We have blessings from the Lord. Now that doesn't mean that we don't ever suffer or have anything else because the rest of the verses describe that pretty well, but um, (laughs) we'll get there. But we have peace with him and we can stand in that. And that's what that next verse says. Because we are spiritually joined to Jesus, we have perpetual access to God's grace. It says, through him, we have also obtained access by faith into this grace in which we stand. We can stand in grace with him. We can stand in grace. We don't have to um, come in cowering before him. We were just talking with our kids last night about how the curtain ripped. The, The presence of God was in the Holy of Holies for the Jewish people. So they had the outer court, the inner court, and then the Holy of Holies. And the presence of God was only in the Holy of Holies. And, and then, On the day that Jesus died on the cross, the curtain ripped from the top to the bottom. And while that's significant because the curtain ripped, what's most significant about it is that it was saying God's presence is no longer reserved just for the Holy of Holies. It's out for all of us. And so we can enter boldly into the throne room. We can enter boldly before him and we don't have to cower or like be afraid of judgment. We can stand in grace because we know that there is grace and it is sufficient for us today. And that's where we stand. So we may always turn to him for forgiveness and help. We can always turn to him. There's no situation that he can't turn around. There's no situation he can't come and help us and give us new vision and new insight and new ways of living. We can always turn to him and he will help us. Uh, The the third thing that we can learn from verse three is that we can expect, and I used the word pressing and I'll explain why in just a minute, but we can expect pressing. Pressing. Verse three says, not only that, but we rejoice in our sufferings, knowing that suffering produces endurance. You know, Paul reminds us in this passage that our faith doesn't always protect us from suffering. Our faith doesn't mean that we will never experience a moment of suffering or grief or loss. We will experience those things because we live in a fallen world, a broken world, a world that, that has rejected God and rebelled against him as Jason was talking about from Romans 1 and 2. We live in a world that does not want God. So we're going to experience the ramifications of sin still in our life. Not, not just our sin, but the sin of all people because we still live in a broken world. It hasn't been brought into its full glory yet. And so we're still going to experience suffering. Um, And, you know, Paul actually tells us later on that in fact, sometimes we will suffer because we have faith. 
Because we have faith, there's suffering, there's oppression, there's darkness. Because we have faith, the enemy comes against us in a different kind of way. So what do we do with that? What do we, what do we believe in that? Um, and suffering in this verse actually means a pressing, pressing together, a pressure. Uh, the metaphor kind of conveyed is this oppression, affliction, tribulation, distress, it actually is this idea of being completely pressed down. And there's a pressure in our world. So one way that you could, you could read this is not only that, but we rejoice in our pressing. The Lord is pressing us. And the, the idea kind of in this is that he's pressing us into something. He's conforming us. We're being conformed into the image of his son. And we can't be conformed into the image of his son if he never allows pressing. Because you can't make, you can't form a pot on the potter's wheel unless the potter's hands actually press in and, and begin to form and mold. And so we have to, we have to come into agreement with the fact that there's going to be some pressing there's going to be some uncomfortable things that we walk through, and that's okay. It doesn't mean that um, because we stand in grace, it's not punishment. I think a lot of times we think, oh, maybe I've done something wrong, or maybe I messed up somewhere, and God's like getting after me, and he's disciplining me. But, but trust me, discipline from the Lord is gentle, and it's, it's, it's not, a, it's not a, di- a discipline that comes at you with a heavy hand. It's actually this gentle thing. And there is enough tribulation in the world from sin and the devil that God doesn't have to really pour out his wrath on us in order for there to be pressing, but he uses it. He uses all those things to begin to shape and mold. He allows those things so that we can be conformed to the image of his son. Is anybody feeling a little pressing in this season? Just me? No? Everybody? Okay, good. I'm glad we're in this together. Um, We're going to suffer many things, including religious persecution, spiritual oppression, temptation, and how about this, the pain of loving and serving other people. Sometimes the pressure comes from having to love others really well, laying down our life for someone else. There's a pressing when we have to get low because we've got to love well, and that's not always easy. There are so many times when it's much easier to become brash and full of ourselves than to get low. And the pressing is from the, you loved me so much and forgave me so much that I'm gonna love them so much and forgive them so much. And I'm gonna pour out what you poured into me. And that's not easy. (laughs) Sometimes our suffering comes from loving well, for believing good for people who have hurt us. His words are true for all the suffering this world brings on us, that that he will work all things together for good. His words are true. He is able to use the trials to make our faith strong and draw us close to himself. Um, In this verse, and I don't know that I actually read it. I think I skipped right over reading it. It says, not only that, but we rejoice in our sufferings, knowing that suffering produces endurance. And that word produces is likened to working something out, to rendering it fit. 
It's, so when it's producing something, it's rendering us fit. So it's rendering us fit for endurance so that we can run the race long. Not just run it short, not just have faith that's sown and then sprouts up and then withers from the heat, but actually he wants to produce in us a faith that when it's hot, we grow. Because we know that if we dig our roots deep, we will be well watered. God uses the pressing to fashion us into image bearers of his son. And this is why we can boast or rejoice in them. Instead of them destroying our faith, it proves that our faith is genuine. Number four, pressing produces hope. It goes on to say, endurance produces character and character produces hope. And I I was actually, while we were worshiping today, I was like, I should have called this something about hope because I really believe that when we think about hope, sometimes it's like, oh, I've got to like make myself have hope for something better. But when we actually allow our faith to do the full work, the faith does the work of producing the hope because our faith is anchored in Jesus And then there's suffering or pressures that come and that pressure produces or renders us fit to run with endurance. And then out of that endurance, we begin to have character and we begin to believe um, in him and we begin to do things according to the spirit and not according to our flesh. That's what character is, by the way, is just functioning in the unction of the spirit, not in your flesh. Character is, is not just like, oh, I have good moral value. It's no, I function by the spirit. I don't function by my flesh anymore. The flesh is actually pressured out. And I I was actually looking up how they press olives. And um, I was thinking about it and maybe this metaphor will be lost on you. I don't know. I'll give it a try. It was very powerful in my mind. Um, But they press the olives and then it gets kind of made into this pulp. So it's like not distinguishable anymore. And then the pulp is pushed again and it's like multiple layers of pressure, right? It keeps pressing more and more. And what flows out is oil. And in the Bible, oil is the Holy Spirit. So it starts as a fleshly olive and it begins to get pressed and then it's pressed again. And then it's pressed again, and then it's pressed again, and it produces oil. So as our flesh gets stripped away because we've begun to run with endurance in this faith and we've begun to let the Lord do the work in our hearts, we begin to function in the character of Christ and not in the character of our flesh. And then we have hope. Our hope comes from the pressing because we've walked through it with the Lord. We've allowed him to press us on every side, but not be shaken. I won't be shaken by this trial. I won't be shaken because my God is able and he is for me. And it begins to draw us closer to him. You know, there's two responses we can have to pressures and to tribulation. We can, we, there's probably more, but I'm gonna talk about two. <laughs> we <laughs> We can respond and withdraw from the Lord. We can withdraw because we get scared. 
we get afraid. Uh, we begin to doubt that he is for us and not against us. We begin to doubt or, um, or feel like maybe he's the one attacking us. Maybe he is the one that's so mean and evil. And so we can like withdraw or the other response we can have in the pressing is to draw near, Amen. to lean in, to draw close, to say, I know you're good. It doesn't feel good right now. It doesn't look good right now. It doesn't make sense to my natural eyes, but I have faith that what you're producing is good. And I'll believe you, even in the darkest hour, even in the darkest moment. And it, it doesn't negate, because we've been doing a study with our leadership team about um, that, that's going through a discipleship book. And one of the things that we were talking about actually this last Friday was this idea of grief and loss. And I think sometimes in our Christian circles, we begin to say, um, just rejoice, like what Paul says, just rejoice. And we don't acknowledge that there's actually great grief, loss, and sorrow in our world. So it's not ignoring the fact that you actually have pain. It's not ignoring it and just shoving it to the side and saying, I'm going to rejoice. That's not how we make it through. We actually need to bring our pain to the Lord. And we need to let him sort it out with us. We need to lean into him when we're, when we're in a struggle place. We need to acknowledge, I'm angry right now. Yeah, right. Did you know that God actually made the emotion for us? Like he made the span of emotions. So we don't need to be afraid of them. We need to lean into them and say, this is how I feel and I surrender it to you. Now come and, and help me. When I'm, when I'm sad and in despair, come and bring me faith. Come and bring me hope. Um, when I'm feeling angry, come and help me know that you are righteous and you are good and you rule over the good and the bad and that you will work out justice for me. And I can trust you with justice. I can trust you that when others have come against me in an evil way, your justice is enough. Yeah, yeah. And uh, so we want to make sure that uh, in our pressing, we don't run from the Lord, but we actually bring the pressing to him. Amen. We bring the tribulation to him and we allow him to minister to us. We don't try to minister to ourselves. We don't try to self-soothe or just check out by watching TV or getting on our phone, which is so readily accessible. Um, anybody else do that when they're feeling a little pressing? You just bust out your phone and ignore all the issues. I'm just going to ignore the issues. Okay, it's only me. It's okay. I know, I know. I'm imperfect. <laughs> um, but we want to we lean into him to receive the hope and the work that he's doing. Yeah. Number five, we have hope and we can be absolutely confident that this hope will be fulfilled because the power of the Holy Spirit, which is a foretaste of eternity, has already been given to us. We already have the Holy Spirit working in us and he is a foretaste. He's like um, a, a deposit, a down payment of eternity. And he is working in us. He is pouring out his spirit into us. And so we can learn to walk in him and to live in him. And just like I was talking about, as he presses us, the Holy Spirit is, is released to flow out of us. That holy water, that holy oil that begins to flow. 
Through the Spirit dwelling in us, we can feel God's uncompromised love for us. He wants to show you how much He loves you. And when we bring our pressing and our pain to Him, He can begin to say, I love you so much. He comes to us with compassion. I see you. I know this is hard. I am with you. I will not leave you or forsake you. I will be with you in the troubled waters and I will come and I will comfort you. So how does God use tribulation? Paul has outlined a process that takes place inside a believer's heart when going through prolonged hardship. And he says that tribulation makes us learn how to endure through difficult times. We learn to endure. And in the midst of hardship, God teaches us a few things. And I just want to point these out really quick. We get to see the situation from his perspective. When we bring the situation to him, he can actually change our perspective. Has anybody had that happen before where you've brought something to him and you're thinking one way and it's like, you know, it's terrible. (laughs) And then you bring it to him and he completely changes your perspective. He pours out his love and it begins to shift and change. We get to discover spiritual disciplines that work. You know, when we go through hard times, it kind of refines how we come to God. Because I think, you know, we can kind of come robotic and a little, uh, you know, hard-hearted a little bit. And then the pressing comes and you come in soft and you're ready. You're like, God, I only have you. I need you. Uh, I am so tender right now. Please just speak to me. And he's able to pour out his spirit on us in love and we begin to receive it in a fresh way. He also, uh, it also teaches us to refuse to deny him refuse to quit, refuse to give in, refuse to curse God and die as Job was told to do. As we walk through these tribulations, we begin to have this this like resolute faith that says, I will not curse God and die. I am gonna press in, I'm gonna lean into him and I'm gonna let him be the God of my life. We discover that the faith inside us is real and isn't shaken. Uh, It also transfers the focus from our desires, from his blessings just being here on earth to a more eternal perspective. We begin to shift from just seeing things through what my life could look like right now. How can you bless me this minute? And then we begin to have, as the pressing comes, our our, our, uh, focus shifts from the blessings right now to the eternal blessings in heaven. And we begin to look forward to life with him and not so focused on just how can I get immediate gratification right here. So let's suppose that we are in some sort of pressure right now. I think we all know we are. (laughs) Um, As I already had everyone raise their hands. So what does this passage actually say to us? Regardless of what happened, what's happening, God didn't send suffering to you. He's at peace with you. Amen. Amen. That's what verse one says. Yeah. He didn't send the suffering to you. He didn't send it to you. He's at peace with you. We know that he disciplines us, like Hebrews 12 says, but he doesn't have to invent the trouble for you. Our own disobedience and the devil give us more than we need for that. 
In the midst of trouble, it's vital to know that he is our helper, not our problem. He's the helper. He's not the problem. Number two, uh, we, I won't go through this alone. He is with me. He will not leave me for a moment because I stand in his grace. In the, some of the darkest moments of life, he speaks the loudest. When it gets real dark, he comes with a word. And I think about one of the prophets, Elijah. He was running from Jezebel, um, who was very wicked. This is in the Old Testament. He is running from Jezebel. And she is like, um, if you want to talk about evil, I'm pretty sure she's like one of the pinnacles of evil. And um, <laughs> she's pretty bad. And he is running from her. And he actually ends up running through a desert for 40 days. Um, But he lies down and he's like, just take my life. And God comes and provides a little tree for him and a cake. (laughs) And I like to think that when we're in some of those moments where, you know, the devil is after us and we have just been through hell and back We've been running through the desert for a long time. The Lord comes and he's like, I'm going to put up a shade tree for you. I'm going to give you a little cake. Sometimes we're just hangry, you know? (laughs) But he he has a shade tree for you. And he has a little cake for you. He wants to meet you in the suffering. He wants to meet you in the middle of the situation. This suffering, number three, will not last. At its worst, it can only kill me and send me into eternal glory. Okay, let's just praise the Lord about that. I mean, at its absolute worst, if we're gonna take it like worst case scenario, what's gonna happen? I die and I go into eternal glory with the Lord. I mean, that's pretty good hope, right? I'm not saying we should wish for that. I'm just saying that, that truly, like, all things in life. The, the enemy can't take your soul. It's in Christ Jesus. It's hidden with Christ Jesus. He can't come and take that. He can't remove you from heaven for eternity. So uh, Romans tells us, if indeed we suffer with him, and Philippians says that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings, being conformed to his death in order, in order that I may attain to the resurrection from the dead. These sufferings are temporal. They're not for eternity. Praise God. We get to go to heaven. We don't have to suffer for eternity. We don't have to be in, in a trial for all eternity. You guys, this is, this is hope for us because these sufferings are short term. They're not forever. They are on this earth only. And number four, this suffering won't destroy me. It can only strengthen me. And I, I mean, I want to speak this to some of you that are going through some trials. You need to remind yourself, this will not destroy me. This is making me stronger. This is building my faith. This is building my character. This is building um, the Holy Spirit in me. He's going to flow through me at a greater level and in greater measure as I get pressed, as I get, as I get shaped, as he comes. I'm going to function more by the Holy Spirit and less by my flesh, and it's going to be good. This is producing good things in me, not 
not bad things. This is good. The suffering will not destroy us. Even as Joseph said, as for you, you meant evil against me, but God meant it for good in order to bring about this present result to preserve many people alive. What the enemy means for evil, we are able to walk out and say, this is for my good. God's gonna use it for my good. We are not, um, we are not being destroyed, we are being built. Let us be built by the Lord. Let us be fashioned by the Lord. Let us lean in in this season and allow this great pressing that's against us to shape and mold us and call us out and say, hey, rise up, rise up. Bring those pains to me. Bring those tribulations to me and let me work something in you that you have not known before. Because out of that, we will hope. We will have great hope. Paul, uh, you know, he wrote Romans and he also wrote like a lot of the other chapter books in the New Testament, but he actually boasted in his tribulation. He did it twice to the Corinthians. And I'm going to read this to you um, because I think it builds our faith for what God wants to do in us. He says in 1 Corinthians 4, 19 through 13, for I think that God has exhibited us exhibited us apostles as last of all, like men sentenced to death because we have become a spectacle to the world, to angels and to men. We are fools for Christ's sake, but you are wise in Christ. We are weak, but you are strong. You are held in honor, but we are in disrepute. To the present hour, we hunger and thirst. We are poorly dressed and buffeted and homeless and we labor working with our own hands. When reviled, we bless. When persecuted, we endure. When slandered, we entreat. We have become and are still like the scum of the world, the refuse of all things. He says, hey, I have been through so many trials. And he, he's gonna tell us in 2 Corinthians all of the trials. He kind of lists them out really well for us. But he's like, I've been through it all. I am counted as scum of the world. And he's the one, he's the one telling us, hey, when suffering happens, endure. Press on, keep going, lean into the Lord. Let him produce in you character. Let him do the work. In 2 Corinthians, he says, are they servants of Christ? I am a better one. I am talking like a madman. He was, he was kind of, uh, if you don't know, he was kind of angry at the Corinthians. So um, in holy, righteous anger. Um, with far greater labors, far more imprisonments, with countless beatings and often near death, five times I received at the hands of the Jews the 40 lashes less one. Three times I was beaten with rods. Once I was stoned. Three times I was shipwrecked. A night and a day I was adrift at sea. On frequent journeys in danger from rivers, danger from robbers, dangers from my own people, dangers from Gentiles, danger in the city, danger in the wilderness, danger at sea, danger from false brothers, in toil and hardship, through many a sleepless night, in hunger and thirst, often without food, in cold and exposure. And apart from other things, there is still a daily pressure on me of, and of my anxiety for all the churches. 
Who is weak and I am not weak? Who is made to fall and I am not indignant? If I must boast, I will boast of all the things that show my weakness. The God and Father of the Lord Jesus Christ, who is blessed forever, knows that I am not lying. He boasts in his weakness. He boasts in his suffering. He boasts in the things that were meant to tear him down. But every time, what does he do? He gets up. He, he was beaten three times with 39 lashes. 40 kills a person. So let's just like imagine here. Like I just, it's like he was beaten so much and he would, I don't know. I'm like, was his back healed when he got like, you know, beat the second time. <laughs> what about the third? Was it still like raw? I'm not sure. Um, the timeline, but he boasts in these things that came against him. And we can boast in our weaknesses. We can boast in the things that have come against us because he who is in us is greater than he who is in the world. And we've got to bring those things to the Lord. Be honest with him. I can imagine the conversation Paul had with God. He actually, he actually asks people to pray for him for boldness. Why would he ask that if he wasn't wrestling with the fact that he might be lacking some boldness? I would lack boldness after I got beat. But he asks for prayer for that because I bet his conversation with the Lord went something like this. That was rough. That might be an understatement. That was hard, but I trust you. Please fill me again with your Holy Spirit to get up and do what you've called me to do. When I'm weak, you are strong. Be strong in me. Come and do the work in me. Continue. I'm gonna continue to lay down my life so that you can be glorified because I want you glorified in my life. And as we have that heart cry, God, be glorified in me, be glorified in my life. We're inviting this process into our life. We're inviting this process into our life of saying, God, refine. God, I'm gonna yield to the pressure. I'm gonna yield to you as you work out in me this hope that endures. Paul doesn't wonder why God allowed it. He doesn't say it shouldn't happen to him. He doesn't wonder what he did wrong or think it's judgment against him. He doesn't blame others for not praying hard enough for him. He accepts all of this as part of a believer's life. In fact, he seems to wear all of it as a badge of honor. Our lives are a process and a growth place for him to do the work in us to mold, to shape, to refine. And it is a good, good process. And we can put all of our hope in him. We can put all of our faith in, the, in Jesus Christ who died on the cross for us, who shed his blood to cover all our sin, to bring us into communion with him so that we can live life with him. We can live in his presence, not separate, but we can stand in his presence and we can be bold before his throne and say, this sucks, help. <laughs> we can go in boldly before him and ask for help. And we can expect that his love through the Holy Spirit will pour out on us. And that is the beauty of the Christian life. We have him. We're inseparable from him. Nothing separates us from his love. It pours out on us and refreshes us and gives us everything and makes all things new in us. 
So today, if you have never asked Jesus to be your Lord and Savior, if you've never put your faith and trust in him, the one who died for all the sins of all people, all humanity in the whole world, I wanna give you the opportunity today You can put your trust and your hope in him today. And it's very simple. The Bible says that if you confess that Jesus is Lord and you believe in your heart that he came and died and rose again, you will be saved and you will have hope that is eternal. It will last for all eternity. You will live with him, you'll dwell with him and he will come and put a deposit, that down payment of the Holy Spirit in you. As you confess your faith, that exchange is made. So I wanna give an opportunity. If you haven't made Jesus the Lord of your life yet, I wanna offer that to you. We're gonna pray a prayer all together. Many of us have prayed this prayer many times. You don't have to pray it over and over again, but we do it as a congregation because I, I want people who are doing it for the first time to be able to sense that this is not just them by themselves, but we are a body, we are a people that walk faith out together, not alone. So let's pray together. Jesus, I confess that you are Lord. I believe in you and I make you the Lord of my life. You are good. You are kind to me. I thank you that you died on the cross, were buried and rose again to cover my sin as a sacrifice for me. I thank you for that. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. Help me to walk out a life of faith in you. In Jesus' name, amen. Awesome. Can we put our hands together for anybody that prayed that for the first time? If you did pray that for the very first time, or maybe uh, you prayed it and you've prayed that prayer a long time ago, but you have not been in church for a long time, you haven't read your Bible, you haven't spent time with God, and you're just like, I need a fresh take on my faith. I need to renew my faith in Jesus. If you if you did that, or if you prayed that prayer for the first time, would you just do us a favor and fill out on that connection card that Jason talked about earlier and mark, I gave my life to Christ today. And here's why. This faith journey cannot be just you praying this prayer and then that being it. There's actually, it's a life of faith and we wanna be able to send you an email with just some next steps you can take with Jesus because it doesn't stop here. It doesn't end right here. It actually now is a journey that you get to walk out with him. He wants to come and like I said earlier, pour out his love on you in each situation you find yourself in. So fill out that card for us and then on your way out, there's gonna be buckets at the back door, you can just drop that in the bucket and we'll get in touch with you with a, with an email, um, probably tomorrow or today. I'm not totally sure when Jason sends those out. He does that for us. Um, but we are so thankful that you came to church today. I'm so thankful that each one of you chose to come and engage with the Lord. I believe he wants to continue to do a good work in us. And we're going to conclose, er, conclose? conclude, um, we're going to close or conclude in prayer and, uh, and then be dismissed for the day. Jesus, I thank you so much for the work that you want to do in us, that you aren't finished yet. 
that you're doing a good thing, that you have poured out your spirit on us and that you have good things for this house, for this body, for this people, because you wanna increase our faith. I pray that our faith would be proved as genuine, that it would be as it gets tested, that we would learn to endure and that we would learn to have character, that we would be able to be conformed to the image of your son and we would be able to walk um, in the presence of God all the days of our lives. I pray that we would recognize you and see you in all of the situations we find ourselves in. I pray that those that are, are walking through tribulation or suffering or pressing right now, I pray that you would show up in miraculous ways, that people in your congregation would begin to see that you are moving and doing a good work and that they would see even how you are moving in their own heart and shaping them and shifting them and drawing them closer to yourself. I pray a protection against all the people in this room and online that you would protect them from lies of the enemy, that they would be able to draw close to you in the pressing, that they would hear your voice beckoning to them, that they would uh, be drawn to your word that they would be hungry and that you would fill them with the, with the word of God and with your Holy Spirit. I pray this in your name, amen.